Welcome to Social Selling 2.0 live show and podcast, where each week we explore the future of B2B sales. Social has changed the B2B and professional services landscape forever. Capturing and keeping buyer attention has never been more challenging. Our mission is to help you discover new strategies, new technologies, new go-to-market systems, and stay up to date with what is working now in B2B sales. Your hosts are Carson Hetty, the number one social seller at Microsoft, Tom Burton, a best-selling author and B2B sales specialist, and Brandon Lee, an entrepreneur with multiple seven and eight-figure exits and a leading voice in LinkedIn social selling. Brandon and Tom also lead Social Selling 2.0 Solutions, which offers turnkey consulting, coaching, and training to B2B sales leaders. Now, let's start the show. Gentlemen, welcome to episode number 62, Social Selling 2.0. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon, and we're missing our other co-host today, Carson who is, I think, traveling in Dallas, but you know, you never know if he's going to show up all of a sudden. So that's true. You know, but I think we've I got a, we've got he's a great not. guest to make up for it. Absolutely. Well, Carson's Carson's in Texas having good Tex Mex and doing a yeah. little bit of work. So he's not going to join us today. Drinking margaritas or something like that, probably. Five so, o'clock somewhere. That's right. So Greg, welcome. Thank you. Um yeah, we're glad to have you and and I've learned a little bit about your story, but you have quite a story on using LinkedIn and social. And we haven't done a lot of case studies recently on the show. So we're, we're really looking forward to kind of hearing that journey. And if you're listening online, please jump in on the comments and ask questions. Um, I think, Greg, you've got a lot to share with us, and a lot of good insights as, as we go along. So Let's get right into it. I, I got something here, though. Yeah. I'm going to do every, anybody that's joining us. And Butch from Atlanta, thanks for joining us. Um, look, today's, today's show is a special show for producers, for sales producers, because this is a case study. This is you hearing from somebody who's in the trenches doing this day in and day out. I know sometimes there's people, they look at us and they don't think we actually do this. I mean, we do this day in and day out too, but because we sit in the role that we're in, it's like, like we have some magic powers that we get to not do the, the work, right? We just show up and magic happens. It's not the case. We've got to do the work too. But in this case, Greg is here and Greg's going to be able to tell you it takes, you know, the work that it takes to do, but he's also going to share with you the, the value that comes out of it. And as we lay, name this going from average to ace, when I talked to Greg the other day, he's like, I'm the number one producer. And, and it wouldn't have happened without LinkedIn. I'm like, we got to have you on the show and tell this story. So for everybody listening, love to have you in the comments, love to have your questions for Greg. And um, man, let's have some fun with it, Greg. Sorry to interrupt, Tom. I, I'm, no, no, I'm I think that, that's, that sets the stage even better. So Greg, start off by telling us a little bit about who you are, your background, what you do, and then we can kind of div- dig into some specific questions. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, Brandon, that was a little extra nice. I, I, um, I'm probably going to get trolled a lot by, by my, uh, my friends on this. Um, <laughs> but, but well, the they're, they're going to troll you. I want them to troll you in the comments. I want to yeah. see, I want to hear it. I want to be a yeah. part of it. Yeah. Make this fun. Go ahead and, and troll <laughs> away. Um, I, I may not be the top producer for long. I guess it, I, I you just have to check the scoreboard almost every day and see see where we really are. Um, 
background-wise. So um, grew up in the Midwest and and uh, went to school at Valparaiso University. And and um, like every good salesman, I started out as a tennis pro, and teaching tennis um, <laughs> was the was my my foray into sales. And I, I tell people that that teaching tennis was more like a boot camp for sales. And, and most of the folks that I taught had more money than time. And I had to really figure out how to communicate with people at an early age, straight out of college, didn't know what I was really doing. Um, and, and kind of learned that I had a knack for selling. So it, it was a natural, uh, transition, but, um, after the tennis pro days, I, I, uh, got into selling engines and generators. Um, and since then, um, uh, moved into the emissions world and, and engine and exhaust emissions is what we're into today. And, uh, we sell, um, all kinds of highly engineered products, um, and, and all kinds of, of not highly engineered products from little mufflers all the way up to, to huge emission systems that, that sit outside of data centers. Um, all that to say that, um, uh, we sell a highly engineered product, um, but sales is still sales. It's not, it, it doesn't really change based on the type of stuff uh, or service that you're selling. Um, you still need to, to, to connect and, and communicate and be authentic. So, um, so the background that I have in sales is probably um, different than most. Um, similar in in the way that that we you know we make things out of metal and and we we engineer products but but different in that people sell all kinds of things out there services and and all types of of different things and and i think one of the things that can apply across all of those markets is is using linkedin um and and i think that's you know that's the main reason we're here talking today and linkedin um eventually helped me a lot so uh you know, so, yeah. you know Greg, it's it's, it's cool. I think it's even extra special the fact that you don't work for a tech company, right, or a SaaS mm-hmm. company. You're no. working for a traditional manufacturer, even though it's engineered, right? We hear a lot from people that we talk to in industries outside of tech. Oh, my my customers aren't on LinkedIn. They're not. Well, on LinkedIn, you know? yeah. Well, that's a, that's a that's that's totally true. I listen to a lot of your stuff fellas and and i get confused a lot because a lot of the things that y'all talk about are are, stuff that doesn't compute with the guy like me i'm used to talking about exhaust and talking about steel or talking about you know a product that you're making and physically shipping and and uh freight and things like that um talking about um the the non-manufactured product is not not something that I'm into, but it, but it still translates. It's still, it's still the same thing ultimately. And I had to learn that kind of the hard way um, because I thought exactly that uh, when I started this, I, that's exactly what I thought. This wasn't LinkedIn's not for, for people like us. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the conversation I want to have. So um, great. What, what were you doing? Okay. Traditional business, you make stuff, you build stuff, you sell stuff. Like we're we're into manufacturing. We're in we're talking to distributors and manufacturers, like good old fashioned business. How were you selling prior to LinkedIn? 
so probably like a lot of folks in my market, we were uh, spending a lot of time on the road, uh, doing a lot of driving, doing a lot of um, knocking on doors, um, some cold calling here and there. Um, even even though much of our business is relationship based, because people like me have been in the same market for many years, you get to know a lot of people. Uh, but the traditional way of, of going to market for us uh, and for me was getting in the car, driving from place to place, um, and and hoping to get a conversation or thinking you have something set up. You know you. You make a plan to go see somebody and you drive two or three hours and you just make it on time and the guy bails on you. <laughs> that was the story of my life pre-COVID. Um, and it's not that, that I'm uninteresting. It's that sometimes the stuff may not be that interesting or, or the person that you're going to see has more important things to do than, than talk to a vendor. And I was that guy. If we had we had certain sales reps that would show up, and we'd all run and hide when you know when the guy would show up. It's like, oh, he's here. You know, everybody get on the phone and pretend like you're busy, so you can't you know you don't get railed into lunch with this guy. Uh, so traditionally, we would we would get in the car. I would drive around. We we we'd have plenty of success that way. Um, got into doing regular lunch and learns in person. Um, those became uh, even more difficult to physically manage because you've got to to get to a place when everybody's in town for a sales meeting or whatever it is and and manage the food and and all of those things. Um, so so it 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 was very, very traditional sales. it was it was about as straightforward and and grinding as as it gets, calling on dealers, calling on distributors, and and kind of hoping for the best and managing your your uh, your contacts. Um, mm -hmm. I had a I had a a book of of business cards, and and I carry my business cards with me everywhere, and get frustrated if I didn't have one with me, and apologize, you know, that you didn't have a business card when you showed up. So that's I think I was like everybody else. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Bob says here, he's, he's dating himself. He says, with a trade rag and a pocket full of dimes. I assume <laughs> the dimes were for the pay phones back That's in right. the day. Um, I had pager. I had a pager. Okay. I had a pager and my boss, my boss would send a page. If he really wanted you to call, you'd get a 911. Right. That means you got to pull over and you need to call the boss and find out what you did wrong or who you're supposed to go see. But that was the pager days is what I, is kind of when I started. So do you, do you see that the transition from the in-person motion that you're just, we're talking about, did that really get hand grenaded with COVID and that's what yeah. required you to do something different? Yeah, it, it did get hand grenaded. I mean, what, what, what I think it evolved into was really um, allowing folks like us to be far more tactical about our face-to-face -face meetings. I mean, frankly, if you were meeting somebody face to face during the COVID time, it was, you know, it was a random type of situation. It was somebody you really needed to see and you figured out a way to do it. Um, but it, but since then, what it's done, at least for me, is it's created an, an atmosphere of, of the face to face call being far more tactful and tactical in nature and, mm -hmm. and, and creative, meaning you're not just showing up to talk about nothing. 
Um, you, you've got to have a reason to be in front of somebody because anymore, you need to have a good reason to get in front of somebody, which is still the best way. I mean, I like hanging out and talking with you guys like this, but it'd be a lot more fun if we had a beer and we were hanging out, you know, face to face. But if you can't do that, um, when you have that chance to do it, it's got to be far more tactful. And, yeah. and that's what we learned. So what was the, what, when you started then looking at LinkedIn, um, it was out of necessity. What did you start looking at? What, what was the motivation? What was the first step? Like, how did you, how did you start addressing this whole LinkedIn crazy thing? Yeah, so I joined LinkedIn in 2009. I just looked it up yesterday because I wasn't sure how long ago it was. So, so I, I signed up in 2009 because my best friend was, was, and I, I had, um, I think I had, was in between jobs or, or doing something and, and my, or I was, I wasn't, I was working and my best friend who was a marketing guy said, Hey man, you got to join LinkedIn. It's the, it's the place to be. It's where everybody is. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's all, that's all tech stuff. You guys, you know, put me. I was the last guy to join Facebook, I think. And, and, and so, so these guys, you know, were pushing on me to, to join LinkedIn. I didn't understand why, you know, what's the point. Um, and, and it really wasn't until, uh, well, and I just thought, I think like a lot of people that, that LinkedIn was, was where you, what you would use when you get fired and need another job. So if right. you, if you connected with, with all the recruiters and that's where all the recruiters hang out. And that's what we knew about LinkedIn is all the recruiters are there and they're just floating around waiting for you to dip your toe in the water and they snatch you and they'll help you find another job. So that was my mindset for, for 10 years was that's what LinkedIn is good for. Um, when COVID came around, um, or I guess I can back up a little bit prior to COVID, I started to think, about LinkedIn a little bit differently. And I started to focus on, on connections and on my network, uh, realizing that, um, you know, that Rolodex I was talking about or that stack of business cards, I frankly, I've got it right next to me. That stack of business cards um, really, really needs to be better, better organized and, and you need to be able to grow that. So I started getting out of my comfort zone in LinkedIn by sending invitations to anybody and everybody that was connected to our market. So we would use, um, I would use the tact of, I'd start with everybody that I knew, and then I'd slowly widen the circle of, of markets and things connected to an engine uh, or emissions, whatever it might be. And, uh, and I would send blind connection requests, which was a little scary to me because I kind of was under the impression that you don't connect with people on LinkedIn unless you've shaken their hand. Hmm. And, and it freaked me out a little bit. And people would say, what do you mean? You're just sending connections to people you don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, like, why not? What's, what's the harm in connecting with someone? Uh, and, and so you started all cold. It was all cold, cold connection requests yeah, initially. Absolutely. Yeah. Very few okay. of them were, were on, were, were started with a, with a discussion. Most of it was just uh, during, you know, pre COVID, I made a goal to set, I set a goal for myself to get 5,000 connections. And, and it was just something to do in the evening. I, I'd sit there on LinkedIn and scroll through and use the algorithm and just click connect until LinkedIn 
told me to stop and, and maxed me out. And, and you'd wait for a day or two, and then you'd come back in and do it again. Now, um, did you send a message with it, or you just hit connect, connect, connect? Usually it was just connect, 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 because I okay. hoped that that the relevance to the, their business to mine would be an automatic, oh, okay, we're, we have a connection, you know, we use an engine for this, or we... We're emissions consultants or, or we're an engine dealer. Some of the obvious ones were pretty easy. Um, and if that person didn't make that connection market to market and they didn't want to connect, eh, okay, then that's that's your choice. And there's those folks are still out there, right? And there's the folks that close off their LinkedIn to to, to connections and they won't they won't receive a connection unless you send a uh, a note along that that shows that you know them or you know their email address. I kind of bypassed those, um, so I built up a solid network of of, of folks uh, right before COVID, and and that's COVID started, and I everybody kind of freaked out. So you had a little premonition of of COVID, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say it that I wish I could say it like that, but but I did talk about the fact uh, during COVID that had I not expanded my network the way I did prior to COVID, I wouldn't have had the connective success that I've had with LinkedIn thereafter, um, because it kind of gave us gave me a head start, I should say, to 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 staying connected to what I thought were just our customers. And, and eventually what I learned was just staying connected to the market and, and yeah. helping our business stay connected to the market when it, during a time when we were all scrambling around trying to figure out how to stay connected. I mean, we, we had meetings uh, about, hey, what are we gonna do? Can't go do the old drive around and knock on the door thing. What are we gonna do, gang? How are we gonna... How are we going to make this go when when we're, we're trying to sell equipment, but we can't go see anybody? Uh, and that was the the catalyst for me. I should that a great word, but but that's uh, that's what happened. It was okay. I panicked, and and sales panic is one of the worst kinds of panics. Um, and that's when you're afraid that the world's going to fall apart. You're not going to sell anything again, or people are going to forget <laughs> who you are. And that's kind of what I was worried about. I was I was afraid of of either being forgotten or losing relevance, or uh, I was afraid of what the other guy was going to do. Um, and and so we uh, we were kicking around ideas, and I I decided to do a uh, I did a couple of things. First thing I did was I sent some video messages to customers as soon as COVID happened. I recorded a few short videos and tried to send them to a few customers. And I'm not even sure if their email boxes received those because of the size of the, the file, but I was trying everything. Um, and then I did a little catalyst video, little, little, this is what a catalyst is and this is how it works kind of video. Um, and it, and lots of people saw it, you know, I, they were, I'm not sure if the word was impressions on LinkedIn at the time, or if it was views, I'm not sure what they used then. Um, but it got, it got traction. And, and I had our, I had our company name, Miratech right up there at the top of the video and it, and it would, you know, I, I, I unknowingly put it at the very beginning of the video at the top of the video. 
um, only learned thereafter that that's not a bad idea for those who scroll on LinkedIn and, and just those who are kind of passing by your video will see your little logo pop up and, and hey, dude, you're marketing, right? You're all of a sudden, you're marketing your company and you're not even not even trying. It's just happening organically. Wait, wait a minute. A salesperson doing marketing for the company? Like what? what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. We talked about that, Brandon, and that's and that's the I, I don't know if we referred to it as marketing at the time. I think to me it was panic. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But but you know, I want to pause for everybody to see is that what what I heard you say is as a salesperson, you created videos and published them, which means you were acting more like a marketer. And and I believe that there's really, really bad, horrible definitions of social selling, which is why I used to wear the shirts that say social selling sucks because I think the word sucks, right? It doesn't mean anything. And, you know, I talked to Mark Hunter this week, I was on his show and, you know, he's got a chapter in one of his books that says social selling is neither social nor selling. Um, So nobody knows what it is, but, but for anyone listening, especially, you know, the background that you come from, the industries that you come from is those activities were important for you. And what I heard you say was to stay relevant. I mean, it was a little bit of fear driven, but you needed to stay relevant. So you're creating videos, putting them in LinkedIn, putting your company logo on it because you wanted people to see you. You wanted them to remember you. You wanted to stay relevant. And it sounds like it worked. It, well, I, I think it worked. And and one of the reasons why I wanted to... to to reach out to you guys and ask a couple of these questions. And I, it's one of the first things I said to you, Brandon, when we talked last week was I didn't think of it as relevance at the time. I thought of it as, you know, still panicking. Oh my God, I got to make a connection somehow. Um, but, but as a takeaway, when you start looking at what the effect of this is, um, I was trying to explain to you the phenomenon that I was experiencing not knowing there was a name for it, but I was experiencing this. I think we're making good connections. You know, yeah. I, I think, I think this is happening. I feel like people are paying attention, but I don't know for sure. I'm not sure that they're, but I think because I talk to people who have seen things and they mention that they saw it, but I don't, I don't did see they, did, they, did they like it or did they comment or did they just no. tell you later that they I saw just, it? They just told me later that they saw it, and and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. So so that's See, that's and, yeah. and that is. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, when you were back prior, when you were prior to COVID, and you were doing FaceTime, right? FaceTime, they remembered you because you showed up, right? You were there. You brought donuts. You did whatever, all that kind of stuff. But this is what's different in brand. Maybe this is what you were going to say, right? In in social here. We put ourselves out there and we don't necessarily get the immediate acknowledgement that's like, hey, thanks for the donuts or good to see you or the handshake or whatever the case may be. We don't get that. But mm-hmm. yet there's a lot. I mean, we have this every day. Every day I seem to run into somebody who I had no idea ever watched this show or anything I've ever done say something. And we call yeah. it, you can call it dark social. You can call it, we call it the anonymous zone, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, probably at that time for you, Greg, it was probably like, cross my fingers and am I really going to trust that this is, is working here? But, um, 
it's it's very different than the the FaceTime where you're shaking hands and and doing those things. I mean, and so when you say FaceTime, you mean literal FaceTime, yeah, literal like, FaceTime, yeah, like literal using FaceTime, right. no, yeah. literal FaceTime, yeah. Yeah, all these all these words. And Greg, did you go through? And there's some great comments in here that I want to I want to get to as well. But did you did you go through that oh shit stage where you're like I'm doing this and no one cares? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I still I still kind of I still kind of <laughs> do that. I probably get ripped for it um, in the background uh, fairly often. But uh, but yeah, I I absolutely figured well. I don't know if this is, you know, and and I had the same question to you last week, even, um, which is what we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. It, it, it's the, it's the, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure people are paying attention, and and enough that that are probably moving the needle in our direction, um, whether whether directly or indirectly, and mm-hmm. and and that's one of the things that I think has been a step change for us in the way we go to market at least using my platform to get the word out is is that dark social what did you call it tom anonymous anonymous zone. Zone, yeah anonymous yeah zone. i kind of like the anonymous zone too yeah. it's not quite as it's yeah. not quite as, as dark not, not as dark. Yeah. dark social <laughs> <laughs> but but i did it certainly did um cross my mind most of the time and and i i kind of learned uh, through the process that not to, not to, you know, not to talk it down, but the content of the stuff, eh, is it really that important or not? The, you know, the content, yeah, in theory, yes, what you're talking about is important or the theme that you're talking about. Um, but frankly, I've only done like you call them, uh, Brandon talking head videos so far. I haven't, I haven't gone to the next step. Which is which is what I'm hoping you guys can talk to the group about a little bit, um, because I I I was doing something that was so far out of my comfort zone that I, I was I was in, I was a little nervous about it and I wasn't thinking of what kind of impact it, it mm-hmm. might be having. Um, so so yeah, there were plenty of times I thought you know I don't know if I should do another one. Yeah, you know, let, let, let's hit some of these questions here that are coming up. Sure. Yeah, can I say this while you're doing that, Tom, real quick? Yeah, go it, ahead. It reminds me of um, if James was watching. James Gilman, he's a president of a company in the office supply space. And, uh, you know, we were, he's, he's one of our customers. We're helping him with a bunch of videos and things. And, uh, you know, it was going good. And we were showing him some data. And he was like, okay, this is, and, you know, we're like six weeks into it. And he went to his 20-year high school reunion. And then on Monday, the next week, he's calling me. He's like, oh, my gosh, I went to my high school reunion and everybody just kept coming up going, dude, you're killing it on LinkedIn. (laughs) They never commented. They didn't like they didn't even hit a like. He didn't even know that they were paying attention. But he's like, everybody's coming up to him going, dude, I see you all over LinkedIn. And I think that's kind of what you were experiencing or what you were what you were referencing there. Still am. I, I still am uh, experiencing that, and I, I'm, I was looking at some of these. So, Tom, go ahead. We have yeah, some great some questions. Here, so, so, first of all, Don says your videos were com- comedic and real to your personality. So, um, Thanks, definitely Don. they resonated. We're going to have to go pull some of those videos out of archive and, and play them. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think this was a good question that I think comes up a lot from John is. Did you find that your videos drove leads? And we've kind of talked a little bit about this. 
or just allowed you to go into cold calling with a bit more material to reference. Um, how do you feel like, or was, or was there a third option C there, Greg, which is more like none of the above, but it really helped me give more breadth and, and you know, just overall brand reach. It, it, it not initially, it initially didn't really drive leads per se, but it has, it, I can, I can honestly say now I've sold stuff. I mean, not huge ticket, nothing like, uh, nothing like Carson's done where he gets to brag about a, a nine figure project off of LinkedIn, but, but I certainly have, um, uh, made connections that turned into business, um, pulled some old connections out that have, that have maintained some business. Um, and I think it, I think it added just a little bit of, um, authenticity to the process. So, so if I were talking to someone that had seen it, like in a dark way, they, they already kind of know me a little bit from that perspective. So it, it, I believe it's helped in, in, in a few ways, um, not just tangible purchase orders. And were there, and this was a question from Rick, were there any of your videos that had, you know, maybe a certain style or a certain type of video that at least tended to get more views that you could see or comments or likes yeah. or anything? Right. That jumped out? And, and Rick was in one the, the the best, I think the best performing video that I've had was, was Rick and I going fishing and it uh -huh. was some, some silly thing about fishing for opportunities with with Rick on his boat and didn't talk about anything related to business. We had our hats on and, and that was it. It was a, it was a, Hey, we're, we're fishing and, you know, just some silliness. And in it, it, it was the best performing video that I've had. Maybe it was the motion. Maybe it was just not the typical thing, but, um, but I think it kind of boils down to the authenticity uh, baseline. It's, it's, you can't hide off. You can't hide that in front of a camera. Yeah, that's really good. And, and I, I think I want to pause there for everybody. You're on a boat, you're fishing, you're just chatting and it becomes your most viewed, your most commented on like that, that should force all of us to take a pause and go, what is going on here with social? Because we we get so caught up, and and I like to say like we hide behind our title, right? We're, I'm going to do a video, and I got to have the right script, and I got to be all polished. And it's it's not the ones that people engage with. The ones that people engage with, and therefore the ones that have the most networking ability, connection, building rapport. The next time you call people that watch that video, they're like, oh, I'm going to get on the phone and talk to Greg because of that video. Like they're the videos that create the most real tangible value for us are the ones where we just start filming, talking and being ourselves. And it's such an antithesis in so many ways of the way people think about LinkedIn. I think especially in traditional businesses, we think we've got to be so polished and, and done and it's just not true. So I think for everybody, it's just worth the pause to hear. And that's why I was so excited for Greg to be on the show and to tell his story is because it's it's a traditional business. And Greg, no, this I don't mean this offensive to you in any way. You didn't do anything fancy. You just showed up. Yeah. Right? That's that's I had I made a note that, you know, it was it was um 
what are the you know the, one of the biggest tips I think I can give on on this kind of, of activity is is just doing it. Just just no matter what it is, like it doesn't have to be scripted. I'm I'm notorious for not scripting anything that I do anyway. So it's it's not uh, it, I'm not a script person to begin with. But you are right. It is um, it, it is just the action of getting into it that is the hardest step. Once you're in there, it's you know, like we said, it's not necessarily the content; it's the authenticity and the fact that um, you're out there doing it. You're kind of a little out of your comfort zone, but you're yourself. Yeah. So yeah, and 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 I, I got to do you know a fist bump to Rick because Rick just kind of teed up the. Uh, so Greg, which of your videos got the yeah. most engagement? It just happened to be the one on my boat. So I'm just asking this question. He knows exactly what he was doing. <laughs> Good job, Rick. Well played. Well played, my friend. Well played. Hey, Greg, do you only do videos or do you also just do images and stuff? And, and Or is it almost what you do, mostly video? So so I, what I've been doing mostly is video. I, I share a lot of things. I, you know, I, of course, participate with the company. If, if marketing sending out a video of X or a, or a product description or somebody else posts something, um, I'm, I'm that, uh, cheerleader. Um, uh, but, the, but where I, where I'm failing, um, right now is on my engagement and Brandon, you and Tom, I think had a show about it, um, where how important just, just engaging is. And if you're not the video person or you're not whatever, be, be the engagement person, ask the questions, create the, the discussion, um, disrupt a little bit and and it helps pull eyeballs uh, back your way yeah i think you know the getting the courage to start posting content um and then commenting on other people's com content it's that one two touch and what happens is more people start coming to view your profile and even if they don't like or comment i mean that's the hardest thing right we're so scared you know, is anybody paying attention that we need that immediate gratification? And, and so many people quit because they don't get that immediate gratification. But I love the stories. And I think, you know, Tom, Kevin's story that, that he put in the comments, I don't know if it'll show the whole thing, but, you know, I love it. Thanks, Kevin. You know, he was at physical therapy yesterday, ran into a friend's wife, hadn't seen since before COVID, so almost four years and the first thing she says is, I watch all your videos on LinkedIn and I come to your podcast whenever I can. <laughs> like this is the, this is, see, this excites me because when people experience, and that's what I say a lot of times, like CEOs, especially once you experience it, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get everyone on my team doing this. And that's how you can dominate the newsfeed. But you've, you've got to take that risk and try and do a few things. And all it takes is a couple little wins like that. Like James came back and he's like, okay, we need to do more. This is working. You know? right, right. You're, you're getting your validation offline, right? Versus online. Yeah. But, but that's okay as long as you – and I want to hit another question here from Daniel. He, he says, you know, we talked about the video, is the subject of the video or the content as important as how often you post. And maybe those two go together, Greg, is there a cadence that you use in terms of schedule or is it 
<laughs> hey, I just feel like doing a video one day and I'll do it or that's kind of that's kind of it. You know, what I what I realized is that cadence is pretty darn important and I'm not I am not as as consistent as I could be. I'm not as frequent as I could be. I don't repost like I should be. Uh, I, I find a lot of my own little deficits there, but but um, frequency I think is is probably as important, if not more important, than the actual content. And the content's clearly important. If people who are actually watching and not letting you know, I think the content the content's important. But if you're if it's infrequency, um, I think that's that's uh, that's like not showing up to the trade show. People notice, right? So that's what we always talked about at the trade shows. You better be there because if you're not there, people are going to talk about you not being there. Or worse, they don't because they don't even remember you. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's, let's kind of go to the next step. So kind of rewinding, pre-COVID, lots of driving meetings, in-person meetings, got to COVID, tried different things to kind of just stay relevant. Now here you are, as you said when you first came on, you're the number one producer in your company, right? You're selling, you're selling manufactured goods. This isn't tech. Right? Are, you getting, are you getting called out? I'm sure I'm getting called out already, whether it's public or not. Okay. I don't see any symbols or anything coming through the comments. It'll, it'll come. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, – so what are you doing now? Like, you know, in post COVID, what are you doing now? What's your day in the life look like? What's your sales motion and how do you use and make everything come together? Again, knowing that you're in a very traditional business. Yeah. Well, the, the part of this that I'm kind of stuck. Um, and one of the reasons I, I, I was so happy that Brandon reached out to me was I had questions and, and really it's the, it's the, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do next. That is, I know that, that we've kind of hit a wall. Um, I'm not going to throw our, I mean, our, it's, it's not our own marketing department. It's not, it's not me. It's, it's, it's the fact that, that I think we've hit a, we've hit a marketing wall and Brandon again taught me another term. I'm not a marketing person, but he talked about push versus pull. So, so where I'm looking at, what I'm looking at today is the engagement part. So top of my list on, to do things as opposed to, you know, in, in addition to getting more purchase orders and selling more stuff, engaging more on LinkedIn, whether it's just working off of my own posts, working off of others, using the comment section and, and engaging with people is, is probably number one. But number two, talking about the engagement part, talking about pull marketing, what I think we do most of the time as a marketing department, as a sales department, is we push everything out the door and we we hold it up to the window everybody sees it here's our spec sheets here's our here's a video about this here's the product but what we're what we're not doing is the next step which is involving customers and partners and and those folks in the discussion with us and showing and demonstrating the difference between us and the other guys in doing that. So, so I think for 2024, my push is, is engagement and, and trying to take what I've, what I've done and leverage the network that I have to, 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 to pull more than push. Uh, push is still good. You still got to get stuff out, but we got to pull, we got to pull engagement in to, to kind of tighten the reins on the folks that we, 
that we're talking to. If that makes sense, because Brandon, you taught me that anyway. <laughs> hey, well, and we'll do, we'll just do a little plug here then for our our group coaching program. The you know you the one ninety nine a month. You get you get a license for fist bump. You get the group coaching. You know, but, you know, just a little plug for that one. We have not. We've actually have not sold our own services well on our own show because we have so much fun doing the show. We actually need to start selling better. Uh, Grandin, can you go into a little bit more detail on what you what you guys went over as it relates to the push first poll and maybe some of the strategies you shared with them? I'm going to let Greg do it. He can lead okay. it. We taught. Him. <laughs> well, yeah. So my 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 dilemma was I don't know what to do next, and I don't know if I'm I don't know if I have it together. I got another folk, another guy on my team who who had the you know basically the same idea in parallel, which was what we really need to be doing is, is, is what I just described, which was, which was engaging more, whether it's with our own internal um, subject matter experts, our top folks in X, Y, or Z, get them into a scenario like this, have a conversation and then work that conversation into posts, into interactive um, uh, engagement on the platform. And that's where I get stuck because I'm, I'm only as good at holding my phone up. I mean, I got only it. graduated to using a gimbal, right? Like I, I don't have the, I don't have the production capability and the wherewithal on my phone or, or the mechanical mm-hmm. capability, uh, AV capability to do that work, the, 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 the editing of that media and how to create those cool little shorts and things like that, that, Mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the stuck part and and that's the lack of pull that Brandon was explaining to me that that there is another step and that you guys do it every day and I see it it was just there's a there's yeah. a barrier there. so I, I think that's a great point so just to summarize what I'm hearing you say is up until now you've just been pushing out your information yourself or whatever really where you're looking to go is your next step is to take more of an interview style like we're doing, whether we're doing it here or you see on other podcasts and incorporate your other colleagues, your customers, your prospects, really get a conversation going to go to that next level of, of relevance and the next level of content that you're providing going forward. And you're trying to work out the logistics of that, which I totally understand, but that's where you're looking to go as you look into next year. Exactly. That's exactly what we need to do. Highly, Highly complicated stuff where where it's not going to be done by a push white paper or a push uh, you know spec sheet. Um, you you need to draw folks in to help them understand the market that you're in because what we do is pretty complex. Um, in in front of actually selling equipment, there's an awful lot of stuff that happens before that 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 we get engaged in every day. It's like it's like taking your everyday work. And kind of putting it out there, and I think that's the difference. It's staying authentic mm-hmm. and, and doing the stuff we do every day, but just yeah. encapsulating it and serving it out. Then that way you can engage on it and 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 use it as opposed to just pushing it. And I want to ask one more question, just stepping back again, because I'm my guess is it's going through other people's minds. Mm-hmm. Is up until now, or even over the last year or two, just with what you've been doing. Are you also cold calling? I know you said your your in-person meetings are much more 
strategic, right? They're scheduled. They have much more purpose to them, maybe than the donut runs or whatever you were, were doing <laughs> before, right? But are you doing cold calling and, and other outreach that you're combining with these? And are you finding that one plus one equals three? Because I'm sure everybody's sitting here going, hey, we're, he's just not sitting here collecting PRs. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like it's, a, it's both. I mean, it, yes, it's um, you, you have to do um, it is it is one plus one equals equals three. The way I the way I, I use the LinkedIn platform to cold call. Um, I use the Teams platform to to cold call. Where where you know back in the day you need to get someone's buy in to get an appointment with them on their calendar or or whatever. Uh, with LinkedIn, if you're connected, you can you can send them a, a private note. Um, and with Teams, I would I would simply do the I'm going to, I'm going to get your email and I'm going to put something on your calendar and make you tell me no, as opposed to hoping that you can get an appointment that they call you back and schedule it and put it in their calendar. It's, it's, it's a little more, it's an aggressive, uh, a more aggressive approach to, to cold calling, but it's still kind of cold calling. It's just, it's just done with a little more smoothness and a little <laughs> more charisma. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's outbound. It's outreach. But you're just yeah. doing it with a with a bit more, hopefully warm and a bit more trust as you go into the call right. or the conversation. It's it's there. So you're you're so as you look ahead into what we were just talking about, you'll still be doing those same things. I'm, I'm reiterating this because Brandon, we get the question a lot all the time. Well, this seems too passive. Yeah. You're just sitting here waiting for something to happen, like, <laughs> and you're not being passive at all. You're using this to actually make your your aggressive actions, if you want to call it that, or yeah. your actions more efficient, more effective, and get better results rather than just, you know, getting a bunch of cold calls, leaving a million messages and getting nothing called back. Yeah, it's a tool. It's one more right. tool. I mean, right. it, I, you know, to, to horn toot, I'm a good, I'm a good sales guy without LinkedIn, right? Um, I think I can do the job just fine without it. But, but as a tool, it's extremely important. And, and I think that um, the issues that I would have are folks that are not using it, um, like people on our team, for example, who, who, uh, who have become more engaged. I think, um, I think if you interviewed them, you get the same, you get the same answer. Yeah, it's, it, it feels helpful, kind of the same stuff that I started with. It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tool that's now, um, it's become our handshake out there in business it's become our resume it's become our our uh, list of accomplishments it's it's all of those things it's our old briefcase all wrapped into into one thing now so it's just one more tool in the tool belt yeah and there's and there's tactics to it as well just like when we when we door knocked if we called door knock there was hey what's our strategy to go try to get through the gatekeeper at the front desk Right. There is also the strategy of, hey, should I show up with donuts or bagels? There was a strategy of, should I show up with tickets to a ball game? Like we had different ways of, of coming at it. And inside of LinkedIn, there's different ways of coming at it as well. But, you know, for those that get curious and you go a little bit uh, deeper in it, like we can, you know, what is our strategy with strategic commenting? Well, you know, what the hell does that mean, Brandon? Like, well, what if, what if you got your, you go to your, your tier A customer or prospects 
and you go to their LinkedIn page and you start looking at what the company posts and you comment on it because you know who sees the company's post? People that work at the company, right? And then if you go deeper, then you go and you look at the company and you go look at all the people in the company and you go, hey, let me see who's posted a piece of content the last 30 days. And you can go through and you start to see who's pretty consistent at publishing content and you go, okay, well, let's put them in a list and we'll go comment on their stuff too. And it's it's the same thing. It's just a different digital, social, whatever strategy. It's a tool. But we want to go to this company and we want to get to know them and we want them to get to know us so that we can eventually get to a conversation with the right person and present our opportunity. It's the exact same thing. We just come at it differently. And it's not passive. Publishing content is a means to an end. But if you look at LinkedIn and just say, oh, I'm going to go publish content and wait for you know rainbows to appear and POs to fall out of the sky, yeah, you're right. It sucks. It doesn't work. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't just do that. But when you build these things as systems and you put them together as this plus this plus that, that's where you start to get traction. And that's where you go from average to ace. That's fantastic. And I, I, I used, I think you just reminded me of a tactic I used to use. And I don't think I've done it recently, but early times on LinkedIn, when I was starting to do this, I would, I would see a, a competitor's post and I would immediately go find out who liked it. Yes. Cause I got to know, is one of my customers liking somebody else's post? And if that's the case, I got to get on that guy. Yeah. Cause they, you know, they're, they're liking something that Let's flush some of these out. So no, number one, um, and this is what we're talking about in our group coaching session tomorrow. So if anybody wants to join the group's cho- coaching session, we're, we're going to deep dive on this tomorrow. How do you create activities or how do you do activities that create people going to look at your profile? And the reason it's important is because if someone looks at your profile Either they're going to send a connection request, which is a great time to accept it and ask for a call if if they're your ICP, right? There's somebody you want to talk to. But if they come and look at your profile and they don't ask for a connection, it's a great time to send them one. Right? You did that to me. That's exactly what you did to me. I, I know. <laughs> it was perfect. It was, right? it was perfect. And look what yeah. it did. And yeah. And then here's, here's the other piece. And this is encouragement for companies to, to, for live shows like this. Um, you know, here we're going to open up the, the, uh, the curtain here and go behind the wizard. When we, we bring on guests to our show, um, in this case, Greg invited a bunch of people to come and see him on our show, which is awesome for him. It's awesome for us. He came and spent his time and we have this conversation, but for, for Greg and for us, we can go look at everybody that it wasn't everybody that said they wanted to come and watch the show. There's a list of people right there. Go and look at it. See who you want to talk to. You know, if you're just watching the show, you go and you send them a message. Oh, I want to meet them. You send them a message and said, Hey, I, I, I registered for that show too. I, I thought there was some really good stuff about it. What'd you think about it? And you start a conversation. Like there's all these different ways that we can be proactive and aggressive with our outreach without being an aggressive jerk in our outreach. Well stated. I get fired up. Greg, this was awesome. You got yeah. me all set yeah. up on my, my soapbox again. 
good. That's my job to get you all riled up and excited about sales, right? Yeah. Who's coaching who here, Brandon? I don't know. Greg's um, coaching us. Yeah, that's right. Well, Greg, appreciate your time today. I, I we, we'll have you back next year as you kind of you know continue to progress on this journey because I think your journey is very real, and I yeah. and it's and I think it's like I said, it was in the beginning. It's so good to hear somebody who's not in tech and not. You know, that's just in a traditional business using this where we get a lot of times, oh, it doesn't work in this business or they're not on, they're not on LinkedIn. They're, everybody's on LinkedIn in one way, shape or form, regardless of the, that you just may not know it is really yeah. what the, what it, the question it, is. It, hey, can I, can I throw out this tactic for everybody? If you're still watching and, and for Tom, Greg and I, I'm going to challenge us to do this too. When we're done, pull out your camera and do a video and say, you know, Tom, Greg, and I will say, hey, we just recorded the show and say two or three things that you found valuable from it and publish that tomorrow, right? If you're watching the show, pull out your camera and go, I just watched this show and these are two or three things I found valuable about it and publish that tomorrow. But then when you do it and you're going to go, oh my gosh, what if no one cares and no one... Remember what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Greg experienced it. James Gilman's experienced it. People that didn't comment and they didn't like, they're watching. And then when they see you in real life, and I think Kevin mentioned it in the, in the comments too, they see you in real life and they go, you're a LinkedIn rock star. That is so awesome. It works. It opens doors. And I forget who asked the question, but... Yeah, it influences your cold outreach because when they're you're publishing and they're seeing you and then you call them, they're like, oh, I know that guy. And they they answer the call, they return the call, they return the email. All of it is being influenced. It may we may not have perfect data to know, oh, this LinkedIn video got three extra people to respond to. We don't know that data. It's anonymous zone, it's dark social, but we know it works because people go from average to ace. I think that's a great place to end right there. So, Greg, again, thank you so much. Yeah, Greg, thank you again. We will keep in touch on your journey as, as you're involved. And um, yeah, I, I think you have a good strategy going into 2024. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, everybody. Carson should be back next week. I know we have quite a list of guests coming up, coming into the new year as well. So um, have a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Hey, Tom Burton here, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening or watching today's episode of Social Selling 2.0. If you enjoyed or found value in today's show, please share with your friends and colleagues. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast outlet. And please also subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our free online community at socialselling20.com. There you'll get free access to the latest social selling resources, training sessions, webinars, and can collaborate with other social selling professionals. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in our next episode.